Well, sir, it is time once again for another episode of the Three Major Sports Podcast. Welcome. This is Rob coming you coming to you from sunny Tampa, Florida, and Mr. Enrique down there in Miami. How are yes, you, sir? sir? I'm doing well. It's muggy Miami. We really got to coin that. It's just muggy Miami. <laughs> muggy Miami. M- amongst many, many nicknames. We'll go with yes, indeed. muggy Miami. All right, just to sort of go over what we're looking at today, uh, we wanted to go over some of the play-in tournament thoughts that we had uh, now that everything's set for that, uh, for the NBA this year, for the playoffs. That starts, uh, what, Tuesday, right? Yep, tomorrow and Tuesday night. Perfect. So we have that going on. We'll sort of go over again how that works, go over how we think that tournament's going to go for the East and the West, uh, go over some of the matchups that are already set in the playoffs, We'll go a little more in depth uh, our next episode, but today we're just going to sort of mention who's where uh, and how sort of all this is going to work out and, you know, which side of the bracket essentially each team falls. Uh, and then we'll go into some of the scheduling for the football season for this year for the NFL. Uh, they did their schedule release last week. Uh, so everybody knows we already knew who they were playing. We just didn't know when. So now we're sort of have an idea how, uh, everything breaks down. We'll go over some notable games to start the year uh, and then go through some of the, our thoughts on the Browns and the Dolphins, what their schedules look like. Sound good, sir? Yes, sir. I am excited okay. to talk football, man. We are almost there. Oh, God, yeah, I miss it. It, it comes and goes so quickly. <laughs> I know. I know. All right. So these play-in tournaments, we, we went over this pretty good last week, um, but – Whew, I am excited. I am excited. Uh, we'll do the East first. Not quite as enjoyable as the West, but we'll do the East first. So the East yeah. is on Tuesday night. We have our first two games, the 7-8 seed and the 9-10 and 10 seed. 7-8 is Boston and Charlotte. And, or I'm sorry, Boston and Washington, yeah, yeah. the Wizards. Yeah, yeah, yeah they, the they Wizards. moved around that last day. And then uh, Charlotte and the Pacers are the 9-10 matchup. Uh, yeah. we'll, we'll start with you, sir. What are your thoughts on those? I think that's awesome. It's one of the biggest things that's changed since we talked about it last week. So Washington was a 10 seed when we, when we recorded this last week. Um, and honestly, it's only been like six days since that actually. So not even a full week. So they bumped all the way up to eight. So they moved themselves from a, um, a double win scenario to a win and you're in double loss to go home situation. So Washington really did some, they did some favors for themselves there. Uh, honestly, I'm riding the hot hand in the first in the seven eight game. I think Washington is going to win their game and get in, and they're going to sit in the seventh seed. Um, Boston is hurt, obviously now without Jalen Brown. Uh, they struggled down the stretch. I mean, like they were just like carcasses. It was an awful thing to watch um, as we got closer to the end of the season. I don't. I think they lost. Oh, I had read something that they had only won like nine games since the beginning of April or something like that. Um, could be wrong. It could have been a different team. But that this Boston team, I just don't think that they have it in them right now. I think that on top of that, they got beat down the stretch. Uh, they lost to the Heat those two games. Um, they lost to the Cavs as well, right? Or no, it was the Bulls, excuse me. To the no, Bulls, no, no, the... it was the Cavs. It was the Cavs. And then the Bulls also. So they, they lost to the Bulls right before the Heat twofer. Then they lost two to the Heat, and then they did lose to the Cavs. I just think it, that there's nothing going in their favor right now. I think that they fall to that elimination game. Um, I think that the Hornets are going to dispatch of the Pacers pretty easily. The Hornets have been having fatigue too. They had a game on Sunday that if they had just beaten the Wizards, they would have stayed in that eight spot and not have to worry about winning two games, instead worry about not losing two games. So now they've kind of put themselves in a harder spot. I think they're going to be able to beat Indy. But um, after that, I think that Boston comes back to life and somehow saves their season and beats Charlotte in that uh, elimination game to seal the eight seed and go visit the Philadelphia Sixers after that. What do you think? Uh, yeah. So I think one of these days we got to, uh, we got to start throwing some gambling numbers in here too. And, and what Vegas has, you know, as what far I as these matchups. I don't know yeah, why well, I didn't I was, talk about it. 
I was looking at it because it's sort of the opposite of what I was thinking. Because they, I think Vegas has the Pacers as a favorite, and the uh, Vegas has uh, the Celtics. Yeah, yeah, they have them as a favorite. Which it looks like Marcus Smart is going to play. Uh, obviously, no Jalen Jalen Brown, but you have Jason Tatum and Marcus Smart, yeah, uh, and probably Kemba Walker. And Kemba, so, I heard. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, I mean, it's possible. It's not yeah, outside of the realm of possibility at all. I, I would probably just the way they've been going. Now, Beal did say that his hamstring, he sort of tweaked it the other day yeah, uh, or yeah, yesterday. Yeah. So if, if Beal's, you know, 75% of himself and it's just Russ versus the Celtics, then I could sort of swing it in Boston's favor. Yeah. yeah they got yeah. the Celtics is a point and a half spread uh, favorite in this. Right. And I think Indy is like a three point favorite by some weird metric. Really? Yeah. <laughs> You know what though? I've thing. learned I've learned in my time that Vegas knows what they're talking about. The buildings though... are tall for a reason, buddy. The yeah, buildings yeah, are yeah. tall for a reason. Uh, yeah. So I, to, I I would agree with both of your predictions. I would say that the Wizards will probably beat the Celtics. Um, it's going to be a real close game and and pretty highly fought. But I would say the Wizards would probably win. Uh, I would also say that the uh, Hornets would win. And I actually would go the other direction. I would, I would give you the, the Gordon Hayward uh, revenge game to eliminate Ooh. the Celtics and give the – back. Give, I think he's playing. I could be wrong, though. I'd, I know. I, yeah, I mean, I haven't seen anything definitive. The last thing I saw was that they were going to reevaluate in four weeks, and that was like five weeks ago. So it's very possible he's playing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, granted, I, I probably should research the Charlotte Hornets injury report a little bit more before I talk about them, but uh, yeah. They don't I have just... anything listed on it officially. Um, I, it doesn't seem like anybody's heard now that Melo's back. They're just, I mean, it's it's Melo, uh, it's Terry Rozier, it's Miles Bridges, it's PJ Washington. So it's like one guy who's been through like 10 playoff series and then no one else with any experience. Um, Okay, so Hayward is expected to miss the Pacers game. If they have to play another, there's no word on if he would play or not. Okay, so a maybe Gordon Hayward revenge game mixed in with a Terry Rozier revenge game. So we'll do that. that. That's the scarier of the two. (laughs) Scary Terry, actually. (laughs) So we'll we'll do that. Um, Honestly, the, the bottom of the East is sort of cannon fodder. Um, we, we're, we're going to talk about it just because it's new and it's fun and it's different, but, uh, let's be honest, the wizards or the Celtics or the Hornets are not beating the Nets. Or the no, Sixers. these are all sacrifices so, to, yeah, to them beating yeah. KD, like at the end of the day. Right. Right. Which is part of why we started with them because I feel like the West is a totally different animal. At right. least two, two of the four teams are a totally different animal. We'll put it that way. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. And yeah. it's entirely possible that it's those two teams that get in. Right, right. I mean, I, that's that's got to be the assumption, right? So we might as well right? just go right to that because that's way more exciting Let's. and entertaining. So the NBA, whether it's a, a, a gift or a curse, the NBA has gotten themselves a 7-8 play-in matchup between LeBron James and the Los Angeles Lakers and Steph Curry and the Golden State Warriors. Uh, I would have to say anyone who cares about basketball will probably be watching that. <laughs> it's so uh, awesome. It really is uh, a one-game elimination, kind of, with those two guys is awesome. Last time that happened, I, I was very excited at the outcome. So, right. <clears throat> clearly not the same stakes. The loser still all, has but... another game to, to get in, um, but still, super, super exciting. Now, LeBron did sprain his ankle again yesterday, but he's not going to miss his he said, game. Yeah, he said he's good. Yeah. Um, he said he was in, like, it shouldn't affect him very much at all, actually. I thought it was going to be a big deal, but they're really downplaying the hell out of it. I, uh, I think the one thing that it tells me is is a sprained ankle at any point in time during this playoffs for LeBron is very much on the table. It's the end of the road. It's the end of yeah. the road for that team is what it is. Yeah, yeah. Because without LeBron, if it's just Anthony Davis, that's the Pelicans. They're the Pelicans, yeah. Yeah, yeah. 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 You're, you're a six or seven seed. I think they outscore teams by two and a half points if it's just AD. So – yeah, I mean, LeBron's playing, so they're they're probably going to win. I know we talked about this a little bit. We we differ here slightly at the order in which things are going to happen. I have the mm-hmm. Lakers winning the first game against the Warriors. 
then I have the Warriors beating whoever comes out of San Antonio, Memphis. So we'll leave. I it have that. that. I've got that going backwards. I think Steph and company take this first game. They put LeBron's back against the wall Oof. right at the beginning, and he needs to have one of those LeBron games against probably John Morant. I would say which is going to be another awesome storyline in itself because that uh, – let's finish with these guys because I want to talk about Memphis after that. Um, but I think that the Warriors are going to win this game. I think it's going to be a Steph Curry night. He's been on fire lately. He sealed up the scoring title over the weekend. He – I mean, LeBron himself said he's playing against, in his opinion, the MVP of the league. I had him as as my second on the MVP ballot behind Jokic, but that's what Steph has been doing. Like he's being Chef Curry right now. It's it's back to prime MVP level Steph Curry, and I just I feel like he's gonna go for forty and drop a bunch of threes on these people and just be shooting from thirty five feet. And there's not gonna be anything that the Lakers or Staples Center can do about it. I mean, not that I'm saying anything that's crazy, but I, I think that's the only way they do win. Steph's got to go for 40, 45. Oh, well, yeah, like yes. I mean, if if he just has a normal night where he scores 30, the Lakers are winning because I don't know I mean, where your other 70 points are coming from. You know, it honestly. could actually be Andrew Wiggins, God forbid, you know. Well, yeah, but you're still um, – you know, even if Wiggins gets 25, you still got 45. I mean, you're not getting 45 from Draymond. Uh, I believe Ubre is out, so you're not getting it from him. So Ken I, Bazemore. Yeah, <laughs> we don't we don't want to go down that road. Um, <laughs> so, I, I mean, that's. The I only... think we get. I think we get Steph. I, I don't. Yes, I agree with what you're saying. That's probably the only way that they win this game in LA. I, but I think that that's the Steph that's going around right now. Like I think that that's who we're who we are seeing currently. Well, I'll tell you what, if that's what it is, then that's fantastic. I mean, that's what everyone wants to see. So that would be, that would be awesome. Absolutely. Um, So, okay. So let's move on to this Memphis San Antonio game. Uh, I don't give a rat's ass about the San Antonio first. There is nothing exciting about them. Nothing against DeMar DeRozan because I actually, I like DeMar DeRozan. I think he's a great player, but there's nothing exciting about the way they play. Um, there's nothing exciting independently about most of the people on their teams. He on his, on their team, he's probably the most exciting one, and he's just a solid guard in the league. Like he's just somebody who's reliable, can can get his own shot. He's going to score your points, but like that's it. Him as your best player leaves you as the ten seed, and in this play-in tournament, which you know two years ago would have meant you went home a while ago. And you're in the lottery. So right. I don't think San Antonio can do anything. I love the Grizzlies. I think that they're awesome. I love John Morant. Uh, I love Jonas Valanciunas. I think that he's had um, a great season. And they have actually, they, nobody's actually talked about him. And I think he had a really like above average season for a center. Obviously, in this year with Embiid and Jokic and Gobert at the top of that list. There was nobody at any point who was going to talk about Valanciunas and his performance. And not that it was that high up there, but he got no love because even as an above average big man, like there's just the crop of players in that position right now is absolutely insane. Um, but I think that the Grizzlies are an exciting young team. I think that they are going to probably eat up the Spurs. They'll fall to whoever loses that Warriors-Lakers series, right? We're, we both agree that it's still going to be Lakers and Warriors in 7-8 in some combination of that. Right. Uh, but I think, I think Memphis will be the team who has to – who is going to have the closest chance to uh, stopping that and getting themselves in after they beat San Antonio. Yeah. Yeah, I, I would agree. I would agree. Um, I think the Grizzlies – their their rebuild sort of lined up at the same time as the Cavs rebuild. I think we thought uh, at, at the time before they messed with the lottery odds, uh, the Cavs actually had the second best chance of winning the lottery that year, which would have been the Zion year. And and if we just would have stayed at where our position was, we would have been in position to draft John Morant. So uh, that's always been sort of one of those things for me that's stuck and been like, oh man, like that's, 
that's the parallel. And between him and Jaron Jackson and Dylan Brooks and Valanchunas and Brandon Clark, they're, they're even the two guys they got, Xavier Tillman and Desmond Bain at the end of the first round and in the second round last year. I mean, they have six or seven guys that are all – Dylan Brooks is awesome. Dylan Brooks is really good. Brandon Clark is really good. Brandon Clark is really good too. <laughs> I mean, all these guys. Bain is a, a, a perfect 3 and D guy um, for the 30th pick in the draft. I mean, they, they've yeah. – They've done their stuff very well. They got to get that third guy. Once they have a third guy and Jaron Jackson is healthy, they're they're gonna do stuff. They're gonna do Dude, you the know they've jump got like the Suns. Yeah, well they've got Justice Winslow sitting there hurt constantly. If that dude can ever get healthy, I mean he's gonna provide great defense. He's, uh, I mean he shot for a couple months of his NBA career and then he <laughs> got hurt. So we don't know if that's gonna something that it was like right before he got hurt. So we don't know if he can continue that or not. But Justice Winslow might be something that next season like sparks this team and jumps him up another level because he's a smart player. He plays defense. He can distribute the ball. He can let Ja uh, focus more on the offensive side of the ball, and um, and also on worry on like moving off ball and just handling the point guard duties and getting this dude the ball and slashes and stuff like that. Um, Justice Winslow for future reference on the Grizz could be a difference maker, or he could be somebody who never plays again because he's constantly hurt, and it is what right. it is. So we'll right. see how that goes. But as of this season, yeah, I think they beat San Antonio. Uh, and I'm pretty sure that they'll lose to whether it's the Warriors or or the Lakers, barring some catastrophic injury on either of those teams. I was going to say, I think we can both agree, if it is the Warriors, they got a shot. Because if Steph doesn't go off, right. they can play with the rest of that team. So yeah. If, if it's the good. Warriors, I, I you know, I, it's almost a toss-up between them and the Grizzlies. If it's the Lakers, I think it's the Lakers. <laughs> I don't think there's any chance the Grizzlies beat the Lakers. But that's, I, yeah, I don't think you so. know, you never know. LeBron strains, sprains his ankle again in the first game, and he can't play the second one. Here we are. So, Yes, indeed. You know, you never know. So that is what we've got in the play-in tournament. Just as a quick look. The rest of the Eastern Conference is uh, – so we've got the Knicks and the Hawks in the 4-5 matchup. Uh, so that's going to be something interesting. Those are a couple franchises that haven't been here lately. So that's nice for them. Uh, we've got the Bucks uh, shivering at the knees in the three spot <laughs> to the Miami Heat at the six. We're going to talk about everything uh, in our NBA, in our uh, preview, in our playoff preview once we've got all the teams set. Um, and culture is going to come visit everyone. We're going to really talk about this and what's about to happen to Giannis again. I, so, I really hope tuned. the irrational Miami sports fan comes out on you. Oh, I'm going please. to try to bring some facts, and I just want you to sort of yell at me in some fashion. I would love everybody to know that matter. facts do not matter because <laughs> they just don't when we get into that kind of uh, culture talk. The only right. thing that matters is culture. Perfect. So we've got Milwaukee and Miami in the 3-6. <laughs> Brooklyn will match up with the winner of the Boston-Washington game, right? So whoever wins that game tomorrow night, their prize is James Harden, Kyrie Irving, and Kevin Durant. Congratulations. Yes, Uh, enjoy. And then the winner of the next game, so the winner of the 9-10 versus the loser of the 7-8, their prize is Ben Simmons and Joel Embiid in the city of brotherly love as they go to Philadelphia for the one seed. So that's how the Eastern Conference is going to shake out. In the West, we've got Clippers and Dallas in the 4-5. Luka and uh, Porzingis and versus Kawhi and PG. Second year Shelby. in a row. Yep, that's going to be something interesting. And then we've got Denver and the MVP, Jokic, in the three spot up against Dame and the Trailblazers at six. Uh, so Dame, got he pulled his team all the way out of this play-in tournament and got him into a safe spot. Uh, your safe spot is against the MVP. So, again, congratulations there. But we'll talk about that. Uh, we've got the Suns out in the Valley at the two seed. So, they'll 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 await the winner of the uh, Lakers-Warriors game. So, that 7-8 game, they will go on and play the Phoenix Suns. So, that is going to be an interesting series no matter who wins. And then, again, the eight seed, whoever that may be, they are going to go and play the number one overall team in the NBA, the Utah Jazz. Uh, no slander. So, no slander, man. First time in, in Jazz history that they've got the best record in the league. So congratulations to them. And they've got uh, some good players out there. Let's see if they can put it together now when it really, really matters. 
So later on this week, everybody, we're going to do a full uh, playoff preview where we will talk about each series in the first round and give you our predictions. Uh, so stay tuned for that. Now we are going I have a, to... I have a quick question yeah. before we move on, if you don't mind. Go for it. Uh, so for anyone who's ever listened to the Low Post podcast, which is my favorite one, um, they've talked about a couple times, and I'm interested to hear what your thoughts on this. Ooh, uh, I'm so idea, glad we're going to talk about this. I, yeah. I've been meaning to bring it up too, and I keep forgetting. So go ahead, explain okay. it to me. I'll tell so you. So I'm, I'm assuming, I'm assuming you know what I'm going for. I think um, so. The idea of being able to pick your opponent in the first round. Yes. Whether that is the first or second seed only being able to pick, or going in order and being able to choose uh, as you're going down. What do you think about that? And, uh, and would you be happy about it if your team had to say your team was the four seed and you basically got the last pick uh, as the five seed? What, no, what are your so thoughts? here's how I think that that should be handled. I absolutely think that you should be able to pick your opponent, but I only think that the number one seed should be able to pick their opponent. And they, are, they can only pick, from the two teams coming out of this play-in tournament. If you're going to keep it in this play-in format, then I think it is only fair that they can pick out of those last two teams. Because technically, they might play somebody who, let's say you're the one seed, right? And we'll use this year as an example, but I mean, let's say Washington had stayed at 10. Then they win their 9-10 game, and then they beat the loser of the 7-8 game. Now you've got like one of the hottest teams in the NBA on fire right now, running through teams. Bam, they pop up in the eighth seed. And the one seed who's been sitting at home for six days, maybe, now you got to go play them. You lose one game at home right off the bat, and now you've lost home court. So I think that, yes, I'm down with that idea. I think it should only be the number one seed who can pick. They pick whichever of the two teams that end up at 7-8 they want to play, and then the two seed gets the other one. Uh Three still plays six, four still plays five. None of this we're going to mix and match the whole fucking playoff system up. I just think that it's um, because you're giving a little bit of an advantage to those bottom four teams, right, and somebody with some momentum can sneak in, I think that you should equally give the team who earned it throughout the whole season and ended up at the one spot the chance to avoid, like, some bullshit coming at them in the last minute and then them possibly embarrassing themselves in the first round. Perfect. I would have gone the same direction. I was just interested to hear because, you know, whenever you're listening to this, you're like, man, I, I, that's a really good idea, but there's no one else. You know, I'm always listening while I'm driving to work. So right. No one else correct. Car to, talk about, <laughs> to talk about that with. So, okay. Yeah. I mean, I, I would, I would say the exact same thing. Uh, almost the same thing with, uh, with the jazz. I mean, imagine the Lakers lose that first game and then the jazz is reward for the best record in the NBA is LeBron and AD. That uh, that would be pretty. <laughs> I would not be thrilled. I mean, the Suns are going right. to do that anyway, but that's. I mean, it is what it is. Right. 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 But, yeah. Okay. Cool. All right. We can move on. I just wanted. To, I wanted to throw that in there real quick. Super. So, on to uh, New America's pastime. This is the real sport that everybody loves in this country. <laughs> uh, the NFL. So they dropped the NFL schedule on us last week. Um, and there are some interesting things that we're going to talk about. We're just going to call out a couple of the key or significant games that I'm looking forward to this season and that Rob is looking forward to this season. Maybe give a couple of reasons as to why. We'll tell you when it is so that you can bring out your NFL calendar and circle it on there. Uh, we've got then the entire Browns and Dolphins schedule that we are going to run through and give you our predictions on how our teams are going to finish this season in this special new season where we have 18 weeks and 17 games per team as opposed to 17 weeks and 16 games so it is something new this year so i'll kick us off uh first couple of things we'll talk about all right so covid is almost gone almost over things are going back to normal and we are bringing back the London games after them being called off in 2020. They are coming back. So there are two games scheduled for across the pond this season. We have got in week five, which ends up being on October 10th, the Jets and the Falcons. So you get the number two overall pick um, with the Jets, Zach Wilson, and 
Kyle Pitts, the number four overall pick with the Falcons and his new quarterback over there, Matt Ryan. Uh, they will square off over in London. I can never recall this quarterback's name. I always want to call him Zach Martin for some reason, but that's like an <laughs> offensive lineman, right? From the that from is Notre for the Day. Cowboys. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Zach Wilson, right? Wilson. Um, yeah. I don't think I'm going to remember his name before he washes out of the league, uh, because that's what Jets <laughs> quarterbacks do. But so yeah, they're going. They got the first cross pond game, and then right back to back week six. It is Trevor Lawrence and Urban Meyer and, of course, Tim Tebow going across to take on my beloved Miami Dolphins and Tua, uh, our new friend Jalen Waddle and the rest of the Killer Finn squad, who's going to run through those Jaguars, really. It's absolutely going to be embarrassing for them altogether. Um, Tim Tebow is going to be on the sideline crying blood and praying to Jesus. Um so that's going to be awesome. So those are a couple of the big – those are our London games. Uh, anything that you're looking forward to out of those two, uh, Rob? Uh, not really. I've never really gotten the point of the <laughs> London games, to be honest. Uh, Honestly, I, think I love it because we can start drinking at 930. I mean, you can do that anyway. It's Miami. But, yeah. I, I mean, I don't know. Yeah, it's <laughs> earlier football. That's cool, I guess. But they always seem to pick crap teams because they don't want to take good teams' home games away. I absolutely think uh, that's and, and and that well, and that's not even like a shot at the Dolphins. <laughs> uh, honestly, it, it's it's just you know they they don't pull the Chiefs and send them to to London. You know they never pulled the Patriots. They're they're not taking the Bucks. Those guys send keep their home games. You're doing a lot of assuming that he's going to be on a, yeah, on a I know. roster, bro. I know, but I got to do it now before they actually cut him. <laughs> right, 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 right. Yeah, he's, he's definitely going to be a player coach, and you can't see the little bunny ears that I'm doing with my fingers. But, yeah, he's <laughs> – that man ain't catching passes in week five. Let's just – let's be honest. Uh, <laughs> if he would have switched to tight end when he was drafted, he probably would still be in the league. But, you know, there's – He's a great quarterback with a uh, – 500 record in the playoffs. I don't know. I mean, it's much more that can be said for some people still in the league. Goodness Andy gracious. Andy Dalton. Um, so. Well, whatever. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> London football. Woo. Moving on. So some notable week one games. So the NFL usually does a good job of um, packing some storylines into the return of this season. So this year is no different. So the kickoff game, the Thursday night football kickoff game, we head down to Tampa to your neck of the woods for the champs to unveil their banner. And at the same time, we get America's team, the Cowboys coming into town uh, with Dak Prescott making his return, Zeke, Amari Cooper, um, that defense that should be kind of revamped. I mean, they only drafted defensive players. They went out there and spent a little bit in free agency. Um who did they get as a free agent? I don't even remember. Dude, they got uh, Keanu Neal from Atlanta, who they are going to turn, he's I think, gonna, into like a linebacker, I think. Instead he's going to blow his knee out week three. Uh, listen, he's a great gator. He's going to be great for the Cowboys, I think. Okay. Um, okay. So, and then they got um, – they signed a corner. I, now I can't remember. And I don't have the Cowboys roster pulled up in front of me. And that's yeah. just going to be a waste of time. The the, but, the point of that is they're still going to be trash on defense. They're going to have to outscore everybody. Oh, Dax they're absolutely still going to be trash on defense, yeah. but maybe he's, they're going to be less trash than what we're yards. used to. Nah, no. I'm just I'm going full uh, negative Nelly on on these teams because they're going to suck, just like how we assume they suck. They're the Cowboys. They're going to win the division at seven and nine, and we're going to move on with our lives. But continue. Sorry. Go ahead. <laughs> no, you're good. Fair enough. So that's our opening night. Um, oh, they said Malik Cooker. So, yeah, they didn't do much on defense other than that. Keanu Neal and Malik Cooker. Um, so that's our opening night game that Thursday night. Uh, we fully expect Tom Brady and company to kick Dallas's ass and continue where they basically left off last season. Yeah. Uh, then we got some, some drama Sunday. So we get – the first game of the Robert Sala era with the New York Jets with uh, Zach Wilson. Yeah, I got his name right. At quarterback and the Jets uh, versus Sam Darnold, Robbie Anderson, and the Carolina Panthers. So the child that they just sent away for peanuts, essentially, they get to go and play on week one. 
this is going to be the Sam Darnold revenge game. It's going to be the Robbie Anderson revenge game. Robbie Anderson was like the only good player on that Jets team, and they still let him go a couple of years ago. It is pretty embarrassing, actually. Um, they're going to torch these guys. They're going to torch that defense. They are going to torch everything about this team. Sam Darnold is not awful. Sam Darnold had the unfortunate luck of being a Jets quarterback. I think that that might be totally different for him now. So uh, I'm looking forward to that. I'm looking forward to the Panthers winning that game by like four touchdowns. Uh, yeah, which so. otherwise no one would watch that because nobody cares right. about the Jets. And Absolutely. Um, I, I'll be keeping an eye on it just to hope that Sam Darnold beats them by 45. Uh, and I've always liked Matt Rule. That that dude is a hell of a coach. I I, I enjoy him. So I do too. I, I root for him. I do too. I, I think that um, I don't understand why they couldn't do it with Teddy, with Bridgewater now. I don't know. It seemed like it was going to work for a minute. And then they just moved on to Darnold. But let's see. Uh, I like him. Let's see what he can do. They lost mm-hmm. eight games last year with, by less than one score. Right. It, it just didn't seem like it was going that badly. Like, the yes, the overall win-loss thing tells you one story. But, like, when you look at it like that, it's not like they were getting destroyed. Yeah, I think the, the – at least – I mean, they may not have said it as publicly, but I think the, the back area uh, talk was that – they didn't know that he was the guy, if you were down three, could lead you down the field um, and, and beat enough. somebody. Clearly, their their dream scenario before all the nonsense would have been Deshaun Watson, uh, would have been right. a little bit of a homecoming for him. So that was their dream scenario. I think Darnold's a hell of a consolation prize, especially for what they gave up for him. Um, right, right, right. It was like a fifth-round pick and some nonsense. Well, it'll be a second next year probably. But, uh, yeah, this year, the it was I think it was a fifth. Um, Something like that. but yeah, nothing, nothing too, too crazy, but yeah, um, let's just hope they kill him. That's fine with me. Yep. And then wrapping up these notable week one games, uh, game of the week by far cannot tell me otherwise. It's funny last week when we were talking about, oh, sorry, two weeks ago, when we did our, our NFL draft recap. You said that it looked like the Browns weren't building a team to win their division. It looked like they were building a team to beat the Chiefs with. Well, we are going to test that shit right away. Week one, it is Cleveland at Kansas City. Uh, It's going to be a 425 game, so that'll probably be the feature on CBS. This should be a hell of a game. I don't care who wins this game because it's week one, so either losing team can bounce back from this. I just want to see a great football game. Uh, This is something that could very easily be the AFC Championship game four or five months later, however many months away it's going to be. So, I I mean, I'll let you talk about this. These are your boys up against Mahomes. Yeah, I won't go too in-depth yet just because I want to do it when we do the the schedule for our teams. But the I feel like the Browns are sort of set up in this game kind of well. And typically the NFL screws us at the beginning of the season and our schedule just is always loaded with all these super teams. Uh, this year they sort of gave us a break. They gave us the Chiefs, and then there's three kind of easily winnable games. So even if you lose, you can bounce back, and after a month, be three and one. Um, mm-hmm. I feel like the Browns are sort of set up where if you lose, it's kind of uh, expected. If you win, there's just a giant amount of momentum uh, pushing in your direction, especially with the next three weeks after that. You could very easily get out of September at four and zero. So. Yeah, yeah, I'm looking forward to that one for sure. Uh, I'll, I'll throw a little more in once we go over our teams, but yeah, I'm, I'm. That's that's going to be fun. A healthy Phenomenal. Patrick Mahomes. We did not get that in the playoffs. Uh, yeah, we should we should have our full roster, our our revamped defense, and uh, and everything we have to throw at him. So it should be fun. That is so. That is uh, some of the notable Week One stuff that I've got here. Now I'll throw out a couple of things from throughout the season. I was taking a look at the schedule and seeing what stands out and what I think will be cool and something big. The first one and the most obvious one that I saw is Sunday Night Football Week 4. <laughs> Everybody's going to be talking about this. You already know what it is yeah. from the hat. Yep. So Tom Brady returns home to Gillette Stadium to visit old Bill Belichick and the New England Patriots. So, Have I, you seen I, the cheapest ticket for that game so far? No, I can't even imagine that cheap should be assigned. $1,400. Yep, that uh, sounds about right. $1,400 for the cheapest ticket for a regular so, season game at night in Boston. <laughs> yep, Tom Brady will get his opportunity to finish off 
winning a game against every team in the league. He has beaten 31 teams, 31 different franchises. Uh, this is his chance to wrap it up and do 32. Uh, obviously, they didn't play last year, last, last season, so they didn't get that opportunity. So that's going to be – I mean, the media circus around that is going to be outrageous. I think that um, the Bucks probably whoop the Patriots' ass in that game just based on adrenaline around being – the opposing team going to Gillette in on a Sunday night football game with the emotional baggage that's going to come along with everything in that matchup and the week leading up to that. I think that the Bucks are going to go out there like and emotionally explode. Like I think that's going to be a crazy game. I'm looking forward to it. I know we're still so far away and so much can happen in the four weeks leading up to that in terms of injuries and things like that. But uh, that game is going to be super fun and entertaining. Yeah. Yeah. hundred <laughs> percent. Hundred percent. Do you have anything that uh, of those games? I can do. I can do another one after. I don't know if you've got anything that that caught your eye. Uh, let me go. But I just had it up. Let me just get back to it. I I think a lot of it is is the Packers. Uh, they they face the Chiefs. I think in week nine. Um, I mean, we're assuming Aaron mm-hmm. Rodgers will be there, but I, I guess you can't really know for sure. Um, there are a few different Chiefs ones. I'm, I'm interested to see how the Chargers do against the Chiefs. Uh, I'm not sure which yep. week they play week first. 15. Week uh, 15. Oh, well, okay. I've got them. I've got them on a week 15 in LA. So that should be uh, playoff run is in full effect, and Mahomes on the road. So we'll see how that goes. Perfect. Well, the the Chiefs. I mean, they they have a couple different media. They have the Bills uh, in week five. They have the Ravens. Yep. Uh, on the road in week two. So yep. they start off the season against the Browns at home and the Ravens on the road. Yep. Uh, so those should both be some pretty good tests. Um, th- those are the the real big ones that I'm looking at. Just the ones with the Bucks, uh, the Bills and the Buccaneers week 14, uh, and then the Chiefs games. Those are those are all going to be uh, high order because it the Chiefs have basically been word wolf breeders for the last three years. So just seeing if yeah. that can continue, uh, and you know continuing. Like, Continuing to play a first place schedule every single year, uh, right, starts to take a toll. So it it's has interesting to. to see. Well, it's interesting to see if they'll they'll sort of take a step back this year and maybe be a, an eleven and five or twelve and four team, which you know clearly can still win the Super Bowl, uh, right. or if they'll stay at their normal fourteen and two, fifteen and one that they've been rattling off the last couple of years. I think even if they take a step back, they're still uh, at least a step ahead of most of the other teams in the AFC. Uh, yeah, so that'll be interesting. I I'm interested in the NFC West games out there. There's a Monday Night Football matchup in Week Ten, where it's the Rams at San Francisco. I'm curious to see as to who's even going to be playing quarterback for the 49ers at that point in time. What um, what Stafford has been able to do on the other side with the Rams. I think that that division is going to be really really interesting with Arizona, with the Rams, uh, with Seattle, with San Francisco. There's just so much that can happen. Uh, you can easily yeah. tell me any of those four teams is going to win the division or at the same time, any of those four teams is going to be dead last in that division. And it would be a believable argument in whichever way you went because that's how almost evenly matched they all are at this point. Uh, so that's going to be cool. So I saw that out there. And uh, week four, Thursday night football. Thursday night football usually has crappy games. But uh, this week four crappy game at least has fun drama around it. It's got the Jags at Cincinnati. So the last two number one overall picks in Joey Burrow and Trevor Lawrence squaring off. That should be uh, interesting. That should be fun to watch. It's uh, Clemson versus LSU all over again with Etienne on the other side. And then obviously Jamar Chase that the the Bengals have. So that'll be a cool little storyline. I'm looking forward to that. I just want to see Trevor Lawrence play as much as I can. I think it's going to be fun to watch him in the pros. Uh, I want to try to watch as many Bears games as I can with uh, Justin Fields, whatever it is that they let him overtake Andy Dalton. I really can't believe Andy Dalton's going to start the season as the starter for the Bears, but uh, what are you going to do? Yeah. Uh, so, I mean, they, they thought Matt Flynn was going to start in front of Russell Wilson until they got into training camp. <laughs> so you can't, you can't you, we, we can't say it quite yet, but yeah. It's, Matt I mean, Flynn. Imagine putting your, awesome. your job as Ryan Pace and uh, and Matt Nagy. You're putting your job 
uh, safety in the hands of Andy Dalton in Chicago in the fall. That sounds like a terrible idea. I'll also throw out there that I, I, I think that this has been the case for a little while, but I, I think the two best divisions in football are the NFC West and the AFC North. Um, depending on what you think of the Bengals, they're pretty evenly matched. I would assume the Bengals are sort of behind all the other teams in both those divisions. Yeah. So you'd probably go with the NFC West right now. Uh, but both of them are are just hellscapes for teams. They really which, are. You know, we always, I, my team always finds itself in the middle of the nonsense. So, just <laughs> there it is. Yeah. Well. Yeah. yeah. All right. So those are the games that we uh, picked out throughout the season. There are obviously plenty of uh, other games that are going to be interesting. Some of the ones that we wanted to talk about before we really give a deep dive into our teams. So I will um, allow the playoff team to go first. Ooh, wow. You, we we the, said that out loud. That's amazing. The, the Cleveland Browns. So uh, we're going to walk through uh, the schedules here real quick and go over the bigger games of the season. Uh, and at the end, we'll give you a final tally of what we think our team is going to accomplish this season. Yes. So – uh, the, the Brown schedule that I have is sort of divided up into uh, group of five, group of five, group of four, group of three. So we're just sort of, sort of go through those lines real quick. Um, like I was talking about, first four games of the season, you start with the Chiefs. Uh, winnable, but I would not say a win. Um, next three are against the Texans, the Bears, and the Vikings. Uh, two of the three of those are at home. Uh, so very easily could start out three and one. And then we go to Los Angeles to play the Chargers. So very easily could be on October 10th is that Chargers game. We could be three and two. That would be my expectation. Uh, second group of five, we have three straight home games against the Cardinals, the Broncos, Steelers. I would say two and one in that little stretch, which would put us at five and three so far that year or during the year. Uh, Bengals the week after that being six and three. And the Patriots the week after that. Patriots, I feel like, despite all the the stuff that they did during the offseason, I don't find them any scarier than they were before. They've just sort of changed names, but no one like no one's gonna be super, super scared of an offense featuring Nelson Aguilar. Um, it just that's not gonna happen. Uh, Mac Jones, whatever he might be, fine. But I'll 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 say that's a win for now. Uh, so that's seven and three. Next two games, Lions and Ravens. Uh, let's say we split that. Now we're eight and four. Uh, mm-hmm. Two games after that, Ravens and Raiders. Let's say you split that again. Damn, that's so you, go, you guys go back to back against the Raiders with a bye week in between. Back to back against the Ravens, yes, with the bye yeah, week. Yeah, I'm in sorry, between. the Ravens, excuse me. Yes, yep. you have to win that second game. Uh, one of the two, yeah. And the second one's at home. Even if you win the first one, you have to win the second one. With a week of rest (laughs) and film study to then go up against the same team again, you have to win the second game. To be honest, I haven't looked. I I meant to, but I haven't looked at the Ravens' schedule. I don't know that they have a I'm so interested. At the same time. So if Uh, if they do, then, yeah, that'll be interesting. Let's see. They what? Week no, thirteen. Dude, they play. They play the Steelers in week thirteen. Oof! So they get the shit kicked out of them or on a bye, and then we get to play them again at home. Yep, and they're okay. gonna be so in never Pittsburgh. Mind. I so changed, it's not even I, a home game for them. They gotta try. They gotta. They gotta go to Pittsburgh. Never mind. I changed to two and zero oh at that second part of that right <laughs> after the bye week. So now, now I think we're nine and five, and then our last three games are uh, Green Bay Packers on Christmas, on Christmas Day. Day. Yeah, compete with the NBA there. Uh, the Steelers and then the Bengals. Uh, I would say another two and one part there. So that would be mm-hmm. 11 and six, if my math serves me correctly. I had sort of said 12 and five. I could see us very easily being 12 and five, but 11 and six yeah. wouldn't be surprising either. Uh, I think that still gets you a wild card berth. So, yeah, I'd be okay with that. Right. Well, you've got the ninth hardest strength of schedule in the league so 11 and 6 in that division with that schedule on the table is not anything to be ashamed of i think that 
it is definitely going to be in contention for that six or seven spot in the uh, with the wild card. Well, and it's very possible, just like the NFC West always does, is the division sort of cannibalizes itself. Um, I mean, it, it wouldn't be surprising if, if the Ravens and the Steelers each had 10 or 11 wins as well uh, at the right. same time. So, yeah, I, uh, I mean, it could be the division, honestly. You just – I guess you don't really know. I did want to look at the Ravens' schedule real quick. Um, what do you want to say? Because I feel like – well, I feel like they have a, just a ton of hard games. They've Just got so to run through theirs real quick. They've got Raiders in Vegas week one, Monday night football. Then they've got the Chiefs, the Lions, the Broncos, the Colts. So meh. But then they go Chargers, Bengals, bye week, Vikings, Dolphins, Bears. And then it gets oh, it gets sticky the rest of the year from there. Browns, Steelers, Browns, Packers, Bengals. Rams, Steelers. Yeah, that's the opposite of what their schedule was at the end of last year. At the end of last year, you could almost predict they were going to finish the season like six and right. one. Yep. I feel like this is the opposite. They could very it easily is. be one and six. And this is the set. They've got the second hardest schedule in the league this year. Right. Behind who? Pittsburgh, right? Behind the Steelers. Yep. Yeah. So that that's another thing we have going for us is the, the two teams we'd be competing with have harder schedules than we do. <laughs> we actually yeah. have an easier schedule than the Bengals too. So. Because yep. the Bengals have to play us. Yep. Uh, so, yeah, I, uh, man, am I excited? <laughs> looking good. It's looking good. Oh, it's going to be a fun, a fun season of Browns football. Oh my God, you said that out loud. We've when known each other they... for seven years. You have never said that out loud. When do you think they trade back? <laughs> oh God, I hate that. I hate that. You know, if they traded him for somebody or, like, someone was actually offering something real, then, like, I feel like you could think about it. But it's always – whenever you see these things, oh, yeah, the, the Browns are considering trading Odell Beckham for, like, a fourth-round pick. Are it's you kidding such me? such nonsense. It's <laughs> such nonsense. <laughs> Why? Like, they have salary cap space. It's not to save money. You just right. don't want this, like, top five receiver. That you just Why? want crap for it. Like, yeah, it's so stupid. But, right. Yeah, yeah, whatever. Whatever. Well – that is our Browns 2021 preview real quick. So now we're going to move on to um, the greatest football team in the world Ooh. is the Miami Dolphins. This is that Ooh. culture preview that we have. Oh, we're going to get a little bit of it here. We are <laughs> building something special in Miami. Brian Flores and Chris Greer have this thing going in the right direction. It's all going to hinge on to whether Tua can take that next step as the franchise quarterback that we all believe he is. That is going to be very interesting this year. He's a year removed from that injury again now. Um, he's going to go through the entire offseason workout, which obviously we didn't have through COVID. He's going to be able to to be in the building, to work with, his, with the guys as much as possible. Uh, we had 70 guys report for uh, voluntary workouts or mini camps this past weekend 70 guys uh that's awesome and it was all by by just flores going out there and negotiating with them for like um a less exertion of energy for a higher turnout and i was like dude that's perfect like compromise work with them let's it's it's what it's may we don't need to be killing these guys right now anyway right but let's get them on the building and let's get working together and start being accustomed to to the teams that we're going to be building and these relationships that are so important inside these teams so I love that. So this is the season. I think this is the season that the Dolphins can really um, have probably the best, maybe the top two defenses overall in the league. It's going to be a lot of fun to watch them get after the quarterback now, adding uh, Jalen Phillips to, the, to that line. Um, the DBs, just everybody in our secondary is disgusting. You can barely throw the ball in this. It's uh, with Xavier Howard. we got Byron Jones. This is going to be – Awesome, I think, this year. So, that being said, we'll jump right into the schedule. We open up for the second year in a row in Foxborough at Gillette Stadium against, I don't care who, Cam Newton, Mac Jones, doesn't matter. That's a win. W, 1-0. Let's get it going. Um, this fun train, though, hits a, hits a wall right there week two. We come home for our home opener, but it is against Josh Allen and the Buffalo Bills. Um I think they're going to beat us that game. I think that they 
are just a half a step ahead of us right now. They've already got that gel and that teamwork and that chemistry going that I'm hoping that we achieve this season. It's already working with them. Stefan Diggs is fucking phenomenal. Josh Allen is, oh my God, miles better than I ever thought he would ever be. Um, he's outstanding. Uh, so that's that's going to be an L. So one and one. Um, then we go to Vegas and the Raiders. Uh, that's an easy win. We're going to make John Gruden cry. Uh, that's going to be two and one, <laughs> two and one for the Raiders uh, against the Raiders. Excuse me. Then we come back home and we go up against the Indianapolis Colts. I think that's going to be a win. I think the Colts are all right, but I think we're better. And we're going to prove that, especially at a home game, uh, especially after coming off of a home loss two weeks before that to the Bills. So that is three and one after four games. Uh, we go right up the street to your neck of the woods after that, and we visit the defending champs, uh, Tampa Bay Bucks. It is a Sunday afternoon at 1. Um, I think that the Bucks are going to beat us that. I'm just going to give them the respect of being Tom Brady and being the defending Super Bowl champs who are returning 22 starters. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and give us an L on that. So after five games, that puts the Dolphins at 3-2. and two. Now is when we get this party really rolling. We go to London the week after to face the Jags. That's a win. Um, I told you we were going to make Tim Tebow cry tears of blood. He's going to be praying on the sidelines. It's going to be very traumatic. They're going to sell T-shirts after it. It's going to be fucking awesome. Um, so that's going to happen there. Then we come home, play the Falcons. That's a win. I've got nothing to worry about with the Falcons. I mean, Matt Ryan is ancient at this point. They can't protect him. Our defense is going to eat him alive. He's probably going to go throw for three interceptions that game. Uh, Kyle Pitts is awesome, right? But if there's nobody to get him the ball, then what are you going to do? So that's a win. That has got us at one, two, three, four, five, and two, five and two. so far. Yep. Yep, five and two. Uh, after that, Halloween, we go up to Buffalo, and we return the favor. We're going to beat them in Buffalo this time. By this time of the season, we are gelling. We've gone, uh, we're coming off of uh, beating a couple of bad teams. We're ready to put it up to a test. I think that we go up there on Halloween, and we beat them. Uh, six and two. Then we play the Houston Texans and whoever is going to be playing quarterback. Seven and two. Seven, seven and two. two. We don't have to yep. talk about that. We don't even that. have yep. to say anything. Yep. Seven and Dolphins, two. Dolphins Hall of Famer Laramie Tunsil coming home for that one. That's going to be great. Um, after that, then we've got a short turnaround, though. We got a Thursday night home game against the Ravens. That's probably an L. So mm-hmm. seven and three there. Uh, and then we, I mean, we take a trip up to New York. For uh, Zach Wilson, Robert Sala, and the Jets, we are going to beat them. We're going to destroy them. We're going to embarrass them. We own the Jets. J-E-T-S. Suck, suck, suck. Um, so that's 8-3 and three for the Finns. So 8-3 and three after week 11. Uh, this next month is tailor-made for us. So we've got four – I'm sorry, three consecutive home games coming up with a bye week thrown in between. So we don't have to go anywhere for a month. And that's – on top of having two home games in the three previous weeks before that. So it gets to a point from about November 1st to Christmas, we travel one time. We are going to rape all of these teams who come into the stadium at that point. The defense is going to be rested and ready to go. The uh, Jalen Waddle is going to be running circles in secondaries. Uh, we start with Sam Darnold, who's already known what that treatment feels like as we kick his ass two times a year for his entire career so far. The Panthers come down here. So that's a W. Uh, say it with me now. It's nine and three. Then yep. the Giants, we're going to do it to Danny Dimes. Uh, Danny Dimes, Danny Quarters, Danny Nichols. I don't care what we fucking call him. It's going to be a win for the Dolphins. Uh, so that's 10 and three. Then we go and we, gotta, we invite the Jets into our house to do it to them one more time. That is is 11 and three uh yes everybody i am talking about the miami dolphins 11 and three (laughs) in the middle of december um then we go and we've got a monday night football game finally a little bit of prime time respect that's not thursday night football which is where everybody gets to play one time a season no we got a little bit of monday night football action in nolens and the saints the drew breezeless saints which is going to be the winless saints possibly by then uh, I don't know if Jameis Winston or Taysom Hill or whoever they've got going to be playing quarterback is going to be able to salvage that team this season. Uh, so I've got that as a W. 
12 and 3. Then ah, this one, this is going to be a fun storyline for, uh, I guess, Tannehill supporters. We go to Tennessee. It's going to be January 2nd. It's going to be cold up there. It's probably, it might be snowing. It's not the best environment for the Dolphins to play in. Ryan Tannehill has turned into an almost MVP caliber player since leaving the Miami Dolphins. He's got Derrick Henry up there with him who just mauls people. Uh, our defense is going to put up a valiant effort, but I think we're going to come up just short that day and take an L. So that puts us at 12-4. and four. And then we come home and we finish the season the same way we started, by stomping Bill Belichick and the stupid New England Patriots. Hopefully it's Mac Jones by then and we can just destroy that dude. Um just end his confidence in his entire career right then and there. Finishing <laughs> at 13 and four. I don't think that we are going to have the number one overall seed with the bye, even though that would be nice. I still think in my mind that that goes to Kansas city and the Mahomes, but uh, I'm hoping for a two to four seed. None of this wild card nonsense. I want a home playoff game. Um, and I think that this team is going to do it. 13 and four, baby. 13 and four. 13 and four. We're just, we're just leading off with 13 and four. That's, 13 uh, and four, man. We, we won 10 games last season, and we have gotten better. Okay. It's, a, it's not an unreasonable thing to say, which is crazy. And overall, we have the fifth easiest strength of schedule in the league. That, I will give you that. I will, that, that is a big help. Here's a big the, help. Like, now, we don't know what's going like, to happen. But, no, uh, that's... but from October 17th to, again, to Christmas, to December 27th, the only good teams we play in that stretch are the Bills and the Ravens. We play the Falcons, the Jaguars, the Texans, the Jets, the Panthers, the Giants, the Jets again, and even the Saints if you want to count them. And, and again, from November 1st to Christmas, we travel one time. I think that that particular chunk of the schedule, when other teams are going through the grind of it and traveling and cross-country trips for people and shit like that, and we've got the luxury. I don't know how this happened. Like, this is – we sit at home in the comfort of our homes for seven weeks, and we only travel once in that time frame, and that's going to be a quick same time zone trip to New York for a 1 p.m. game and come back um, – no short week before it, no short week after it. So the travel should not be excruciating or anything like that. Uh, dude, the schedule is set up to really help us. Uh, I love it. I think it's awesome. Uh, I mean, yeah, can't really argue. Can't really. The fifth easiest schedule preseason, can't really argue with that. You're tied with Denver yeah. um, for a fifth easiest. Uh, clearly that can change as we have a new season and, and we see what, you know, the Jets will probably be a little bit better than they were last year. It's hard to be worse than, than they were last year. Um, so that'll probably raise the the strength of schedule up a little bit. Yeah, that's, but, uh, that's true. But I think that, you know, the Saints will be worse. So then that'll yeah. um, bring it back down. And I don't know, Indy, Indy's kind of a wild card in there. So are the Raiders. Right, right. Yeah, Raiders have a real hard schedule too. They're They're actually right above the Browns. Uh, so I think you said we were ninth, so that would make the Raiders eighth. Eighth, yeah, they're gonna have a miserable season. It's gonna be really, really not fun for them. <laughs> well, yeah, they found a way to to somehow spend a bunch of money on their team, get a new stadium, spend a hundred million dollars on their coach, and go from the second best team in the division to the third best team in the division. <laughs> so, <laughs> imagine just that. win, baby. Yeah, <laughs> Mark Davis in his bowl cut. I don't understand. First of all, somebody needs to fucking tell that man that that shit does not look good. Like, it's getting excessive <laughs> now. Like, it's embarrassing. You're an adult. Please. Seriously. Yeah. yeah uh, not only are bad. you an adult, you are a wealthy adult. Like, right. get a fucking stylist. Right. And, yeah, it's going to be really bad for the Raiders. That that new stadium is going to be probably the highlight of the season. Fans are going to be going uh, just to check that place out and not really check out the team. I don't think that they're going to do all that great. But we will see. We will talk definitely a lot more football as we get closer to the season and we start reporting for camp and stuff now in July. So can't wait. That is what we've got for our uh, NFL schedule release preview here that we went through a little bit. 
Uh, we went over our teams, and we talked about that play-in tournament that starts tomorrow night on TNT and then follows up Wednesday night on ESPN with the West game. So those are the ones that we're really looking forward to. Uh, make sure to subscribe and rate the pod. Uh, five stars, please. If not, you're definitely a hater. Um, <laughs> follow us on Instagram at Three Major Sports. Uh, we're going to give some episode recaps. We do some polls on there. We had a couple playing polls leading up to this episode. We'll definitely talk a little bit more about it. And join us later this week as once we have a full playoff field set, we are going to talk about each first round series a little bit more in depth and hopefully get that out to you guys by the time the first round starts this weekend. So thanks for joining us. Rob, any last words? No, man, I'm good. Thanks for doing this. Appreciate it. Thanks, everybody. Absolutely, everybody. Take care. Uh, We will see you or hear from you later on this week. Take it easy. All right, buddy. Yep. Take care.